What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and S podcast, episode 37. We're back for another episode to summarize things for the past two weeks. We was we um just got back uh, two weeks, just about two weeks ago, a little over two weeks um, from that long hiatus of not recording, you know, because of the, because of the situation with the coronavirus affecting our daily lives, and it's definitely affected sports, you know, all the sports, four major sports, pretty much in the world, so pretty, pretty much back to where things are getting to somewhat normalcy, as far as, like, sports goes, I mean... Um, if you've been watching the games, it's been pretty, um, it's been pretty entertaining to watch all the seeding games for the NBA. Um, for this episode, we're going to pretty much preview the playoffs, which the seeding games have just ended. Uh, the last game was on Saturday, the playing game. It was between Portland and, um, Memphis Grizzlies. And Portland was successful. It was a very good game. Very closely contested game. Um, Lillard had a nice game. Job Moran had a very good game. They both really showed out. All the others for both teams showed out as well. It was a high-scoring game, too. It was like it's like 120 to... I don't know the exact score, but it was, I know it was both teams scored 120 points. And it pretty much went down to, to the final two minutes. And... Um, Carmelo Anthony hit the game-winning shot, or at least the, the shot to pretty much seal the game for them. It was a nice drive by Dame Lillard, and he uh, kicked it out to, to Melo for the uh, corner three, and that pretty much sealed the game. I think right after the, 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 the following possession, um, a Memphis Grizzly player, he hit a three right after that, cut it to three but just too little too late it was only like 15 10 15 seconds left and um they were able to get a foul and the free throws end up sailing the game so now to the result of that playing game the blazers will play the lakers in their first round series as the eighth seed against obviously the lakers in the one seed so that will start uh, that will start on Tuesday. So, what's it, for today? We're gonna basically, you know, break down every game, every series and matchup. Give you the results, or what, basically not results, but give you my predictions of what I expect to happen. Who's gonna win each series? You know, in six games, seven games, five games, sweep, whatever. We're just gonna, you know, run it down for each matchup. F- find all the keys to how each team will be successful in winning those series. Um, we'll also get into the draft lottery. We'll do that right now. And then we'll obviously we'll, you know, get into the playoffs after that. But to start out, we're going to do the, you know, kind of get into the draft lottery a little bit because that will be on Thursday. Thursday, August 20th. I don't know the exact time for it, but I think it's going to be probably in between the playoff games. So probably usually around 7, 8 o'clock would be the usual time for it. 
but we'll just probably run down a few names of projected top five picks and kind of give you a brief um give you a brief little scouting report on each player and where they're coming from and, and their background but um I mean, for local point of view, local spin to it, the Celtics, um, they obviously are happy with the results that Portland was able to beat the Memphis Grizzlies, so they have an opportunity to get a first-round pick for this year. Um, it's going to pretty much depend on if if the Grizzlies are able to, you know, eat, the Grizzlies basically have the pick uh, one through six protected. So if it goes past, um, which it's a very good chance they will go past the sixth pick, you know, and beyond, then the Celtics most likely will uh, retain that pick. If it doesn't, if it does happen to be, you know, a lucky thing where the Grizzlies are able to get into the top six, in the lottery, then they will re- they will retain the pick for this year, and then it will pretty much bounce it off to next year in 2021 draft, where they'll probably, well, not probably, but they will get it, it um, unprotected. So I don't know if it's going to change or whatever, but I think that's it's pretty much what I was able to come up with that they that was the parameters of what they'll be getting out of that pit out of that um that potential pick but most likely the most likely scenario is that the Celtics will probably end up getting you know either the 14th or 13th or 12th pick I don't really think it's going to be a slim to slim chance that the Grizzlies will be able to get into the top six but if they do they will have that pick protected and they will have a chance to uh, retain that pick, and if and, and that's the case, it will bounce out to next year, into next year's draft for 2021. So, so, so that's a little Rudy interest for you know, in, you know, anybody in New England that's listening to this show, listening to this pod, that the Celtics have a chance to steal another lottery pick once again, even though the Nets picks are pretty much done and over with. Celtics are still finding a way to, to steal picks from other teams. So it's amazing that Danny Ainge is continuing to um, continuing the wheeling deal and make moves and continuing to improve this team with the draft. As you can see, it's definitely resulted into great success. Uh, they're in the playoffs now through, you know, post, you know, Pierce and Garnett era. They were able to rebuild this team from scratch, but really kind of on the fly. So, I mean, it's been a remarkable job for Nate Ainge, and still to this day, we still have extra draft picks besides our own draft picks to pick off from other teams. So, I mean, Nate Ainge has done a great job rebuilding this team, um, literally on the fly. I mean, it wasn't what you would call a rebuilding year. I think they only had one year where they were a, a lottery dweller, and then every year after that, they were either... Um, contending for a playoff spot may not be a championship contender, but they were at least contending for a playoff spot after that first year that they were pretty much a bottom dweller. So, I mean, Danny's done a great job. 
Um, you haven't heard they, they, they just announced that Brad Stevens will be re-upping with the team as well. So um, that's a great move. I think that's a move that needed to be done because I think Brad Stevens has done a great job of developing players as well, which the coaches definitely definitely has a role in developing the players, and I think they, uh, Brad Stevens has done a great job of that of doing that on his part. So that's that for the draft. But let's kind of run down the, what I would say my top five picks are for with those potential uh, teams that could be picking in the top five. So they'll find that find out their faith on Thursday. All right. So number one. So I got this from uh, a few sources: ESPN, um, NBA Draft Net. Uh, mbdraft.net um, those are a few sources I like to you know kind of see what they think are the top level players but also I kind of put in kind of my own two cents into it and this is kind of what I feel is the top five so number one um, whoever gets number one will have a chance the opportunity to pick Anthony Edwards and by the way, this is not a very strong draft. I would say, if I say that there's some franchise players, maybe Anthony Edwards has a chance to be a franchise player. Lamelo Ball has a chance to be a very good point guard, um, which obviously has great size. He's six seven, six eight. He's only 19 years old, barely turning 19 before the draft even starts. So I mean. Some potential guys, but I don't really think it's a truly deep draft. I think just think there might be some intriguing names in the top ten. That's about it. And then after that, it's pretty much role players from there on in. That's just my projection of what the draft would be. But um, I would say yeah. So Anthony Edwards is number one from Georgia, six three, two twenty five. Kind of reminds me of his build. Kind of reminds me of Dwayne Wade in a way. Very good slasher, um, explosive player, very athletic. You know, the prototypical explosive slashing guard that dominates, but not a very exceptional shooter. So, I mean, I think that's Anthony Edwards kind of in a, in a nutshell of what he, what he can provide when he comes into the league. Uh, number two, I have LaMelo Ball. Which he was currently playing in Australia this year. Played for the NBL. Um, obviously, it was kind of a mess. Um, he was supposed to go to UCLA, or, or supposedly, but then I think he decided late to go play pl- play professionally. And um, I don't know. I think it it was a pretty good move. I mean, if you know you're going to the NBA, I mean. I mean, why, why, why is it a necessity to go to college? But um, that was just the route he made. So he had to play one year professionally in order to be eligible. So, because obviously it's an age limit to, to get into the draft. Um, supposedly they're supposed to change the rule in the upcoming, you know, upcoming seasons. The next few seasons they might change the rule. Where there might be high school guys eligible again, but uh, NBA hasn't done that yet. So Lamar Lamelo Ball had to go, you know, go play professionally for a year in order to be eligible for this draft. So 
Um, I just think LaMelo Ball is an exceptional player because of his size and length and his ability to be a, a pure point guard at his size, which is intriguing to see, you know, bigger point guards. Um, he's got to work on being scoring efficiently. It's one of his uh, weaknesses. But other than that, he's I think he has all the skills, very good rebounder, can be a guy. I mean, he's he's pretty similar to what, what his brother's skill set is. Alonzo, uh, but I just think he's has a little bit more upside. As far as like, if he can get, if he could become a scorer, I think he could be a superstar. Right, Lonzo Ball, we all know, kind of is kind of like a fringe role player. I think Lamelo has a little bit more potential to be a superstar more than a, his brother was. Now, he has two brothers. He has Alonzo uh, and then Angelo. Angelo never made it to the NBA or was kind of scratching the surface of, you know playing in D-League, but never really was. And he's still, like, I still think he's uh, he's been playing in D-League here and there. I've seen, I've heard him uh, was on a, a few of the D-League teams, or he got signed by a few of the D-League teams, but I don't think he's ever really going to be in the NBA. I don't just don't think he's not, I uh, think he's talented enough. But LaMelo Ball, out of all three of them, I think has the biggest upside out of all three of them, and, and as you can see, he's the number two pick for a reason, or he's projected to be that. But he's he's number two on my list for the top five. So number three, I have James Wiseman. Um, he didn't play this at all this year for Memphis. Um, you know, Penny Hardaway is the coach for Memphis right now. He had a little trouble with him recruiting wise and was uh, was ineligible to play. So it's kind of a kind of tough read to see what type of talent that he has but I mean obviously we all know that he was highly recruited coming out of high school and has true size as a center and it's believe me it's tough to really be a center in the NBA there's not many good centers in the NBA but he has the potential to be one seven foot one 240 um pretty much good on both ends of the floor like I said we still have to see what he can be against high level talent that you know wasn't able to play that wasn't able to do that because he was wasn't playing in college this year but uh or this last year that kind of you know corona messed everything up with the ending of the year but we'll We'll have to see, you know. I don't know if there's going to be any uh, draft combine or workouts, but we'll see if there is some, if they're going to have any. Because that's probably the toughest part about this this draft process this year. Um, you may not be able to have public workouts. You know, a lot of the workouts are probably going to be private, if anything. There's not going to be a lot of public workouts where the the public can kind of see the prospects and kind of see how they look against other prospects and stuff like that, like the combine was or what the combine has been for the past couple of years. But nevertheless, as of right now, James Wiseman is probably, you know, well-recognized and well-decorated enough that he can be in the top five. So there he is at number three. Number four, which I, probably a lot of people don't know who – who this guy is, but uh, he's from Israel, uh, Denny, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Denny, Aj- I, I, uh, I can't even say it, Denny Aj- Ajavija, 
Ajibija. If that's right, I, I might have said it wrong. Probably said it wrong, but uh, he's from he's from Israel. Uh, he's six nine, two fifteen. Pretty good size. Can play, you know, projected to be a, a power forward. Some people say he's big enough to play center, but you know that small ball, you know, small ball center, of course. Um, still got to get a little weight if he wants to play true centers against, you know, guard against the Abids of the world. But, you know, I probably think he's probably going to be more before in the NBA. Um, has good perimeter skills, can handle the ball, uh, you know, shoot perimeter shots out on the perimeter. Um, like I said, it's a very good skill set. So he can play, um, Play the four, but also can be out on the perimeter. Could probably could play maybe some three because he has those perimeter skills. So that's why his upside is so high. That's why they say he's probably the best projected international prospect. All right, so at number five, I have OB Toppin, which people should know about. Play for Dayton. Um, one of the better players in the entire country for sure. Had an outstanding season. It's too bad that uh, Dayton wasn't able to kind of solidify their strong season through him and probably win the national championship that uh, this year. But nevertheless, Obi Toppin deserved to be one of the best players in the country. Won the Naismith Award. 6'9", 220. Very athletic for his size. Um, Dayton played small, so he played a lot of center. So he can, you know, he's used to being a small ball center. So, you know, he'll be able to kind of muck it up inside with the big guys out there, but also can, you know, can play play on the perimeter, shoot threes, face up, has all the all has all that ability to do all that stuff on the perimeter as well as go inside in the interior. So, Obi Toppin is probably the guy. I mean, I like the most. Out of, probably out of the top five, I like Obi Toppin the most, and I like, you know, potential what Lamella Ball could be. So, it goes around your top five. Um, so we'll see what happens on Thursday. We'll see how um, the ping pong balls um, pan out, and see, you know, where all these potential um, bottom dwellers end up, you know, end up lining up on, in the lottery. So, we'll see what happens with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with the with part two. We're going to talk about the East playoffs. Um, we're going to start with the games that are coming up tomorrow, and then we'll, uh, we'll preview the games for Tuesday as well. And then probably in the later half of the show, we'll do the Western part the western part of the playoffs, you know, preview the huge game, the huge uh, series with the Lakers and Trailblazers, and probably my favorite one, OKC and Houston Rockets. That's going to be what I'm going to do later on the show. But uh, as of right now, we're right back. Listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. Your host, Rob Morris. We'll be right back. 